what did you expect? Because I am a firm believer that as we bring ourselves before God, as we bring ourselves into um, God's house before his word, whether it be in our uh, small group or whether it be in church, big church, uh, kids church, youth, I'm a believer that we need to expect God to show up regardless of the situation or the circumstances that we brought here with us today. Am I right? And so today I would like for us to talk for just a little bit about on the subject of this. It's, it's, uh, the title of, of my sermon today is Finding God's Presence in the Chaos of Life. Finding God's Presence in the Chaos of Life. You see, time and time again, I, I believe that we find ourselves, or I have in my life, uh, time and time again, I find myself in what seems like to be an impossible situation. Whether it be in my finances, or whether it be in my family, or, or just whatever it is, I believe time and time again, how many of us can say that we found ourselves, maybe even this week, in a seemingly impossible situation where you don't know what you're going to do? I know I have, and I'll be the first one to raise my hand uh, when it comes to that. Or maybe we just get so caught up in the day-to-day grind, as we want to call it. We get up in the day-to-day things of life that we lose sight of what being in the presence of God truly feels like, what it truly means to to, to bring ourselves into the presence of God. And I feel like um, that we as a people, sometimes we, we just, we get so busy we get so caught up in, in, our, in our sports and our activities, and especially because summer's upon us now, right? Summer's upon us. We've got vacations. We've got sports. We've got uh, all kinds of different activities where we're scattered all over the place. But in the midst of all of that chaos, are we able to bring ourselves into the presence of God? Oftentimes, we get ourselves to a place of feeling like there's nowhere to run. There's nowhere to hide. Anybody ever felt like that before? There's like, I, I just don't know where I'm going to go. I, I just need a minute. I just need to, I just need to, to, to get away to, to, to just focus on being in or with God. And, and a lot of the times, um, I know I've said this, even this week, um, that there's been times in my life where I say, God, I just feel so distant. I just feel distant from you, God. Like, what is there? Like, I've been going to church. I've been reading my Bible. I, I've, been, I've been serving. I've been helping. But I just feel so distant. Whether it's from our family or our friends, our kids, our, 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 our spouse, and especially God. There's been times where I said, God, I just feel so distant. And we live our life in a constant state of going in cycles. Um, or it's like, this, it's like this endless cycle of just this circle of where we start we start and, and, we're, and we're getting our life on track and we're going to church. We've got in church and we're doing good. And, and, then we, and then we get plugged in. We get plugged into a small group. Uh, we're reading our Bibles. We're praying. We're, we're really trying to seek out the presence of God. And then it's like we just get to this point, right, where we get to this point where we just hit a brick wall. Anyone ever felt that way before? Where you just get so far, you, you, you've brought yourself so far, you think you're doing everything that you can do, and then all of a sudden it's just like you hit this brick wall, and you feel distant, you feel disconnected, you don't feel like God's hearing you, and it's just like, okay, we got to start this over again, and I'm going to do my best, I guess. But when it comes time to whenever you're facing that wall, whenever you come up against that wall that feels like this impossible situation, you're never going to get out of it. Uh, you're never going to be able to make it over. It's too high. It's too hard. Are you going to bind yourself up? Are you going to say, God, I don't care what it takes. I don't care what I have to do 
to be able to break through this barrier to bring myself into your presence no matter what I have to do. Is that going to be you today? No matter what you brought here with you today, you have to understand that there is a God that is bigger than your circumstance. There's a God that's bigger than your situation. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's financially, whether you're struggling with uh, um, identity issues, whether you're struggling in your marriage or your finances or your home or your kids or your brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, it doesn't matter. God is bigger than your current circumstance that you're living in. Unfortunately, the world that we live in today is corrupt, it's evil, and sometimes, I hate using this word, I hate using it, but it's so real, sometimes it can just be depressing. The world that we live in, this life that we, that we, that we live in can just be, ugh, like we can't never make it past. It's like this, this, this atmosphere that we live in is just so heavy that we just can't get out of it. And that's just, unfortunately, the reality of the world that we live in. But if you would choose, you see, if we, if we would choose as a people to walk in communion with God and his presence, oh, how different your life might become or how different that it might look. Our scripture today is, is, comes from Psalm 13. And if you'll go ahead and turn in your Bibles there, that's where we're going to be for today. I'm not going to have you flipping through pages or that. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you for today. God, I thank you for each and every person representing here in this place today. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just begin to minister to our hearts. God, let it not be any words spoken of man, God, but by every word of your Spirit uh, today. God, as we go into your word, God, we love you and we thank you so much for what you're going to do today in this, in this place. In your name I pray. Amen. All right. So Psalm 13, I want to give you just a little bit of background on some of the, on, on the Psalms in general. Uh, but Psalm 13 um, King David wrote much of the songs, and each one of them, each one of them falls into a different category. Uh, whether it's a psalm of wisdom, and a psalm of wisdom is for dealing with with the issues of life, um, or a psalm of thanksgiving, showing gratitude to God, a song of praise where we're lifting our and praising God for who He is, a song of Zion which celebrates the city of God, uh, a messianic psalm which celebrates David's kingdom. Uh, and it looks beyond the reality of David's own reign for a future reign of a perfect king. Or a psalm that says God is king. And even though Israel had a human king, a number of psalms celebrate the Lord himself as the king of Israel. Or a royal psalm. These psalms express aspirations of the dynasty of David, a king whose perfect obedience would guarantee a perpetual kingdom. Or a song of, of maybe... Um, uh, imprecation, which was uh, a cry for God's justice. And sometimes the psalmist asked for God to take revenge on their enemies. And the last one is a song of lament. Each one with a different meaning and each one from a different time in life. Today's psalm is one of lament, which means mourning or grief. Mourning or grief. And, and in this, this was a common experience for all the people uh, back in that time period. You see, whenever, whenever one person grieved, everybody grieved. They didn't grieve alone. They didn't, they didn't cry out to the Lord alone. They binded themselves together in unity and they cried out to God for one another. And that's where our psalm is going to be today. You see, if King David, see, I love, I love studying about King David. But if King David himself, as the, as the man that he was, the, the, the man that killed Goliath, right? If he could cry out to God, why can't I? 
You see, sometimes we get so caught up in our pride that we feel like um, we're just a private person. Anyone ever said that before? I'm just a private person. I don't, I don't, I, me and God are tight, but I'm just a private person. I don't, I don't need to, I don't need to surround myself with other people and, and bother other people with my problems. I've been there. I've said it time and time again. But see, the thing about it is, is whenever we gather around you, each one of you together in unity, you say, and you're, and you're, and you're confessing uh, to one another of the issues of life and we're grieving and we're mourning together. It gives you strength to be able to keep on going. So you have to surround yourself with other believers. If you live in a constant state of mindset where I'm, I'm just going to be alone, I'm a private person, I don't need anybody else, that's a really sad place to be. You don't have to do this alone. You don't have to fight those battles that you're fighting alone. David would have written this psalm in a time of grieving and he poured out his soul before God so to hit and that to him and his people, they could heal together. And now that we're being honest, how many of you can say that even this week you've been grieved? Anybody ever, anybody this week feel like they've been just grieved with something? I can tell you, even in my own life, be, getting a call from a family member, and this, I'm telling you, this is the worst situation I've ever heard of in my family. But I was grieved, I was mad, I didn't know what to do in those times in my life. But I felt, I felt just mad grieved and i felt like felt like that that i've 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 done everything that i could do i poured out my soul before god and it just like he it seems like he isn't answering me he's not hearing me and i know that i have uh, uh today i want you to know that your healing process doesn't have to feel lonely and if today maybe you felt like it just haven't you haven't had someone to sit down and truly grieve with you like David would have with his people, maybe that's because you haven't stepped out in faith to say, I need to lament with somebody, I need to grieve with somebody. That you've been trying to do the do what you do on your own. You're a private person. I don't need anybody else. I don't want to bother anybody else. But it's not about bothering other people. It's not about bothering myself or any of anybody. It's about being together in unity with the body of Christ. The Bible tells us where two or three gather together in your name, there he is also. And if we ask for it, it should be done, right? So what are you going to do today? What are you going to choose? Are you going to choose to bind up yourself, to get over your pride, and to say, I need other people to surround me in faith saying, I'm going to overcome whatever it is that I'm facing, the adversity that I'm facing today, the things that I've been going through, and I can't seem like it seems impossible. To come together and bind yourself up in unity. Sometimes the first step in the healing process is step and confessing to one another that you need help. This is what Psalm 13 says. It says this, O Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? Turn and answer me, O Lord, my God. Restore the sparkle to my eyes, or I will die. Don't let my enemies gloat, saying, Don't let them rejoice at my downfall, but I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he is good. Anybody ever cried the first part of that psalm before? Even this week, man. 
God, why did you forget me? Why are you letting this happen in my family? Why are you letting this happen to us? We've always served you. I've always went to church, Lord. Why is this happening to me? Or God, I've been trying and I've been doing my best and I've been reading my Bible and getting connected with other people and getting plugged in and I still feel disconnected from you. And I cannot seem to get past that. I cannot seem to get over that, that thing. But even as David, as David was complaining and he was grieving to the Lord, at the very end he says, but God, see there's always that but, but I will trust in your unfailing love, O God, because you have rescued me, I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. Even in the midst of David's chaos, he still trusted in that God was going to rescue him out of that un, un, impossible situation that he had been in for that day or that week or that month. And I feel like there is some people that are here today, even today, that have walked in here and said, I just am facing an impossible situation where I just cannot seem to find my joy. I can't find my strength. I, I, I don't know how I'm going to go on any longer if I do not figure out how to get over this seemingly impossible situation. Oftentimes when the Bible refers to God turning away from or hiding his face, it meant that there was an absence of his presence. And it often brought about dismay. It brought chaos, shame, and sometimes even death. There's just a couple of things that I believe we can take away from this, these verses. And the first thing is how many of us can sing? How many of us, right, again, have sang this song or the first part of this psalm even this week, God, how long are you going to forget me? God, how long are you going to let me wallow in anguish like I can't, like I never have before? We've all done it. And I'll be the first one to raise my hand. Like I said, even this week, a crisis. And one of the first things that seemed to come out of my mouth was, why God? I don't understand. I was angry, sad, and wanted to scream all at the same time. You see, David, he started this song by complaining to God about how he felt. He felt like he was alone. God wasn't listening to him. And he goes on. He goes on. How long are you going to let me struggle? There's three things today that I believe the church, that we as a church, we as a body need to get back to in order to uh, find ourselves, bring ourselves back into the presence of God. I'm going to give them to you. The first one is this. I believe that in order for us to find ourselves back into the presence of God, we need to start praying and praising with confidence. You see, this morning, pastor said this morning, sometimes we just don't feel like we lift our hands. Or maybe even this morning you said, man, I've done all that I could do. Pastor, I lifted my hands. I raised my voice, but I still feel disconnected. But I still feel disconnected. I believe that we need to start praying and praising with confidence. How many of you, if we were to be honest, how do you pray? How did you come in here this morning? If you were being honest with yourself, how did you come in here this morning? It, were you thinking, it was, was it a half-hearted prayer uh, that you're just hoping God is going to do something today? Or you're binding yourself up in prayer with confidence and you're crying out to God? I don't think David, when he was writing this song of lament, I don't think he said, Oh Lord, how long are you going to forget me? Maybe forever? No. Oh Lord, how long will you forget me? Are you going to rescue me? God, I need you to show up praying and praising with confidence, even in the seemingly impossible situation that he may have found himself in. 
He, he prayed and he praised with confidence. It wasn't, a, some, it wasn't some weak prayer. It wasn't a faithless prayer. It was a prayer of God, I need you to show up right here, right now. And I have faith and I'm standing on the promises of your word where two or three are gathered together in your name that, that I'm gonna receive this healing. I'm gonna receive this miracle. And even if it doesn't, so what God? I'm still gonna praise you anyway. So what? I'm still gonna praise you anyway. And so what are you going to decide to do today? My prayer today is for each one of you to really, truly think deep with inside of your heart today, the circumstances and the situations that you've been facing that seem impossible. Are you going to continue to praise him even in the midst of the chaos of life where you can bring yourself into the presence of God and not, and, and, and not, not back away or not just not feel like, oh God, I'm just, okay, I've hit this brick wall. I'm just going to restart over all again. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, well, since I didn't get it this week, I'm just going to sit at home next week and hopefully the next week after that, I'll get it. Right? Or are you going to bind yourself up? You're going to keep on going. You're going to continue to get plugged in. You're going to continue pursuing after God and you're going to do the best that you can to push yourself beyond that wall that you've brought yourself or that you've brought, been brung into and begin to push into his presence today. I fully believe that as David prayed and praised through this psalm and the things that were grieving him and his community turned into joy, it turned into peace, turned into love, turned into hope. And the same can be true for you and I today, that as we lift our voices unto the Lord, as we, as we begin to pray and we begin to praise with confidence, maybe you've already started that journey this morning. Maybe, maybe during worship this morning, you felt, okay, God, I'm just going to, you know, I, I never raised my hands before, or, or maybe I haven't in a while, and I'm just ready to press into your presence, just like he said this morning. But I'm going to raise my hands. I pray by the end of today that whatever you've got going on in your life, that you feel the tangible presence of God within of you that you can that you can continue to press into his presence and not just leave here don't come in here for a one-time experience because that's not what it's about you didn't come here to get your your weekly or your daily fix this is a day-to-day walk where you choose to bring yourself to bind yourself up into the presence of god and begin to walk out you you know it was here you talk the talk you're gonna walk the walk what are you gonna do today you're going to talk it here and then walk out there and, and just go back to the same old, same old. Are you going to talk it here? You're going to walk it out there the same way. We have to be in a constant of bringing ourselves into the presence of God. If we can learn to praise him while we feel that his back is turned to us, turn the other directions, we seek his face, his presence will become so real, so tangible to us like we've never known before. We must stop feeling sorry for the circumstances. Now, I'm not downplaying anybody's circumstances because everybody is at a different level in their life. But sometimes we have to just say, you know what? I know it seems impossible, but I'm going to continue praising and praying like I've never praised and prayed before. Like I said, everybody's situation is different. Everybody's at a different point in life. But I'm saying sometimes we just got to stop Stop trying to, because I've been guilty of it too, where I feel like I'm wallowing my self-pity. Oh God, why me? Oh God, why didn't my truck start this morning? Oh God, why didn't my, why didn't, why, why is my water not working? Why is my light? Sometimes we just got to stop with what we're doing and say, praise God. Praise God for the things, praise God that there's breath in our lungs. I mean, we have to be real today. 
we have to, we must um, stop feeling sorry for the circumstances that we're facing, using it as an excuse not to bring ourselves into God. Far time too many, time too many, I've heard, well, I just, I just can't, I couldn't, couldn't go this morning just because I had this, this, this. No, going and bringing yourself into the presence of God is a choice. And if you make that choice, I believe God will honor it. I believe that God would honor it. Praying and praising with confidence. Praying with confidence to someone who knows who they are in the Lord. And as we pray and we praise together, wouldn't it just be awesome if each person in this room today, as we lifted our voices unto God, just being to be overwhelmed by his presence, young and old, young and old, from the youngest person to the oldest person, age is no limit when it comes to being in the presence of God. Because let me tell you something. I've seen some of these kids worship and be in the presence of God, <clears throat> excuse me, better than some of us adults can be. Sometimes you just got to make a choice. And be over, just be overwhelmed in his presence, raising your hands and crying out to God. Oh God, how we long to seek your presence. Let us as a people, when we're gathered together, that his glory would fall like a mighty rushing wind. Like a mighty rushing wind. As we pray together in unity, I pray that the Spirit of God would descend upon us just like it did. We always talk about it just like it did in the days of old, right? All the, all the you know, we got that revival way back when. What about right now? Right now. We don't have to, we don't have to think about or do things the same way that they, they did them back then or they did in the Bible days in order to feel the presence of God. Right? And so when we bring ourselves into the presence, whenever we're, 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 we're together in unity and we're saying, we're going to cry out to God. We're going to cry out to God. And I'm not saying that you can't cry out to God alone in your own prayer closets, but if you're going to do it, at least do it with confidence. At least do it with confidence. Boldness, praying God's word back to him. If we prayed God's word back to him every time we face trials and, and different circumstances, instead of complaining, how much different our attitudes would be day to day, Right? If every time that we face a situation, and we're all guilty of this, we all have fleshly things that we do, but if, if, if the truck didn't start in the morning and you just said, praise God, praise God. You know what, God? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I'm running late or I'm running behind. I'm still going to praise you no matter what in this chaotic life that I'm living. Let us be a church that when the chaos of life comes crashing down, people say, I don't know what it is about these people that go to this sanctuary church, but they're different. Am I right? And I'm not talking about the building. I'm talking about when we leave this place, because aside from the building, the building is not the church. We all know that. It's the people that sit here. And as we're walking out, as we're going to Walmart, as we're going to work, they, they know what's going on in your life. They know you've been having struggles in your life. But when they see you, they say, man, I just can't believe he's so joyful and he has so much peace or she has so much peace in her life with the things that's going on in her life. I don't know why she's, she's like that or he's like that. All I know is that they're different. Let us be a church that's different. We need to, you see our young people that are, our, our, our kids and our, and our young people that are sitting here, to raise them up to see us into the presence of God. They're our next generation, right? Sometimes I feel like they're going to end up uh, teaching us how to be in his presence. And sometimes they do. By the way that they act in confidence. Let us be a church that whenever we leave this building, it's not about, it's not about a one-time experience 
but it's about a day-to-day walk where when we walk outside those doors, people see that we're different. People see the joy that radiates off of us. People see that we're, that we're different from other people. And let his glory be, uh, let his presence be known to everybody. Let us be a church that's praying and praising with confidence even in the midst of the chaos. The second thing is this, that I believe that we have, the, one of the things that David realized is that he, it says that he trusted in his unfailing love. And, and uh, as I was studying over this this week, his unfailing love is related to his goodness. Right, so when it when it says God's unfailing love, it was God's goodness. Uh, and I was reading a, 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 I was going over a book this week um, uh, called uh, Maximum Faith uh, by George Barna. And and one of the sections of his book, he gave a list of examples of how we use faith in our day to day life. Right. Um, so every day that we every day that we walk, we have to have faith for something. Um, because it's the thing, it's the substance of things hoped for, or yet the things you get it. Okay, um, but but whenever we wake up or when we go to the bed, when I went to bed last night, I set my alarm for five thirty this morning, and I trusted that it was going to go off at five or five thirty this morning, right? When I got up out of bed this morning, and I turned on the lights, I trusted I had faith that the lights were going to come on this morning. When I got in my truck this morning, I started my truck. My truck started. I had confidence. I had faith that it was going to start this morning. And then as I drove here, sometimes, or, or wherever you're going, sometimes you, you navigate in between two to four lanes, driving 75 miles an hour, and you have faith. You believe that you're going to make it to your work or wherever you're going in one piece. Right? And so in our day-to-day lives, in our day-to-day lives, all these things, um, they're in our control, and we need faith. We, we have the faith to say, yeah, those things are going to work in the morning. However, time and time again, um, we say we have this maximum faith, but do we really? Do we really have that, that faith and that trusting in God's goodness? How do you respond? How do you respond when something in your life, uh, when you get up in the morning and, and something just doesn't work out quite right? How do you respond? Do you say, man, God, why me? Are you saying, praise God, I have breath in my lungs and, and, and I've, got, I, I've got all the things that I need for today. And even though it, it may seem impossible, I'm still going to say, God, I, I trust in your unfailing love. I trust in your goodness. I trust in who you are. Even when things seem to go, be going good in life, our faith is at an all-time high. But it's when life gets really rocky that when you've cried out to God and you feel like he isn't answering you, do you have faith now? Are you trusting in, 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 in that God is really as good as he says he is? Time and time again, we face impossible situations where we say, yes, yes, I have faith. I know God is real and I'm trusting in his goodness and his provision. And, and those are the words that are coming out of our mouth. But are the words coming out of our mouth aligning with the feeling and the actions within our heart? Are the words that are coming out of our mouth aligning with the faith that we have in our heart? I don't know. Sometimes it's hard. I'm going to be honest. Sometimes whenever I say, yes, God, I have faith. But deep within my heart, there's that little seed of doubt that I have that I I don't know, God. I don't know. In the back of my mind, I don't know, God. I don't know if it's really going to work out. We have to come to a place where we say, God, I trust in your unfailing love. I trust in your goodness. I know you're faithful, God, and I'm going to keep praying, praising with praying and praising with confidence, and I'm going to trust in your goodness, no matter what the situation and the circumstances of life may bring me. 
I think the reason that I love studying about King David was how imperfect he was, yet at the same time he had this repentant heart about him, right? And so, so no, matter, no matter what, yeah, he messed up, but he just had this repentant heart. Uh, and I believe that made him uh, a man's, uh, that was, that's really what made him a man after God's own heart. Today, as we start praying and praising with confidence, trusting in God's unfailing love or his goodness, I can only hope that, that, that uh, we can be changed as his presence falls upon us in such a way that some of you in this place would leave differently than you came in. Bringing ourselves before God and everything that he is and the things that he says in his word is a choice. Change happens when we make an effort to bring ourselves into before this holy God that we serve. And some of you in this room today, if you were to be honest, we all need, we all need a fresh infilling. But man, today you've come in and you feel like you're defeated. You feel like there's no more hope. You feel like, man, I just don't know what I'm going to do. Today you need to have an experience with a holy, amazing, almighty, all-knowing, everything, a source for everything God. Today you need to have that experience if you're being honest with yourself. And if you leave this place the same way that you walked in today, it's not because you couldn't have left differently. It's because that you chose not to. And so I really want you to ask yourself that question. That if you were being honest with yourself, are you willing to get over the prideful, fleshly self? And are you going to bring yourself into the of bringing yourself into the presence of God and everything that he is? You know, um, we want to be a church. We want to be a people that's joyful. Where, uh, we've left work on Friday, and we may have been in a bad mood, or we may have been in a good mood. It doesn't matter. But on Monday when we show up, people are saying, man, I, I, know, I know he left angry and upset and mad at the boss or whatever on Friday, and, and he was out of here yelling and scared. But he's different, right? We want to be the same on Friday as we are on Monday or vice versa. Let us be a church that as we're changed in his presence, people notice a difference about us. People notice a difference about us. Today, um, maybe uh, week after week, God's been working on your heart to change, to be different. You keep ignoring the prompting of the tug of, in your heart. But today, you have to understand that it's a choice. But today, you can get your healing. Today is the day that you get your joy back. Today is the day that, it's, that it feels like it's been gone for too long, but today is the day that you get it back. Even this morning, there are some of you maybe who have walked into this place feeling like you can't go on anymore. And today, if you could just experience the presence of God, allow the Holy Spirit to begin to work in your life, don't miss out on the opportunity to experience true transformation. Today could very well be your day. Today could very well be your day. There's a song, there's a song that, uh, that came out that we heard, and it's called, I Raise a Hallelujah, right? And it, it's, it talks about, it says, I raise a hallelujah uh, louder than the unbelief. I raise a hallelujah no matter what I'm doing, no matter where I am in my current circumstance, God, I choose to worship you. And so it's a choice whether you're going to do that today. You're going to get the, everybody's going to get the opportunity to today, but it's your choice, your personal decision. Your husband can't make it for you. Your wife can't make it for you. Your kids can't make it for you. It's your choice whether, as to whether or not you're going to say, God, I need your presence like I've never known it before today in my life. The third and the final thing is this.
it says um, that we must, or we must hope for a better tomorrow. In order for us to find God's presence in the chaotic life that, I, that we live, I fully believe that we have to understand that the hope for a better tomorrow and just who that hope lies in, which is Jesus. There's no other name or person or thing in this world that's going to be able to uh, get rid of that hate, that uneasiness, that hopelessness, and turn it into joy, peace, and hope like the Jesus that we serve. As David and those that he may have mourned with, they began to pray, they began to praise, and they began to hope for a better tomorrow. I believe those things that once seemed like a hopeless situation, that seemed like a hopeless situation started to turn around, and that's when he said, oh God, I trust in your unfailing love. But see, even, even if those situations and those circumstances don't necessarily come right then and there, because we all know sometimes it just takes time, or maybe, it's just, maybe it just wasn't meant to be. Maybe it, wasn't, maybe it wasn't the right timing. And I know that's hard to hear, but, but maybe we could just say, God, I know, I know I'm facing this impossible situation, or, or in my finances, or my marriage, or I've, I've lost a loved one, or, or, or I don't know what I'm going to do, but God... I, I choose to trust in your goodness. I choose to praise you no matter what in this chaotic life that we all live. You've got to make a choice today and you've got to hope for a better tomorrow. But your hope for a better tomorrow comes from knowing who Jesus is. Because aside from all of that, if you don't truly know who the, the master, the, 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 the guy who sacrificed everything so that we could be free then you truly won't know what hope is and being able to bring yourself into the presence of God. Uh, David, as they mourned, uh, they, they began to hope for a better tomorrow. Uh, all those things faded away. Um, they turned around after realizing how their prayer and their praise affected the atmosphere um, around them and they felt the presence of God all around them and everything in life seemed to fade away. As we begin to see the mourning turn into joy, the sickness turn into healing, depression and anxiety begin to turn into joy and peace. And how do we do that? I fully believe that we can, if we can get to a place of true freedom comes from we have to get over our pride and quit trying to be Mr. and Mrs. Tough. Sometimes we just have to, and that's hard for me to say, because I'm telling you, if there's anybody who has ever said as many times as I don't need, I don't need you to pray for me. Just I'll be okay. It was me. But sometimes we had to get over our pride, get over trying to be Mr. and Mrs. Tough and bind ourselves up together in unity with other believers, crying out to God and saying, God, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to trust in you. We have to get past our selfish, prideful mindset, fall on our face before God, and begin to let him work in our heart. Now, how many of you know that, that uh, before you can experience true healing in any area of your life, sometimes you just have to get completely broken, like life seems to be falling apart. And when we get beyond ourselves to pray, praise, and hope for a better tomorrow, allowing God to make us broken before him, then we will all experience true freedom. The thing is that if we want to find God's presence in the chaos, you have to be willing to be vulnerable to let God speak. Worship team, if you come back. You see, sometimes we, we find ourselves, I thought about this this morning, maybe this is a funny way of thinking about it, but uh, as a kid, sometimes if you don't want to hear something, you plug your ears like this and you're la 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 la, like that. Sometimes 
The reason we don't hear God speak is because we got our fingers in our ears and we won't shut our mouth. And that's just the honest truth. Sometimes you just got to take your fingers out of your mouth be, or out of your ears, be quiet, and just listen for the voice of God to speak to you. Quit trying to talk it through, talk it through with him, whatever circumstance or situation that you've got going on, and truly understand that if we could just get past ourselves, oh, how our life would be different in the presence of God.